Los Angeles. Tuesday afternoon, Scott Kaplan taken to the airwaves on 710 ESPN. And in just a matter of moments, my man, Kevin Harlan. You hear him on all those TNT NBA broadcasts calling Laker games, Clipper games. You hear him on the NFL broadcasts, NCAA college basketball, Super Bowl on radio. Kevin Harlan, in a matter of moments, he'll be on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I should probably ask Kevin right from the get-go what he thinks about this notion of the tattoo with Vin Scully's signature. Let me, let me bring Kevin Harlan on. Hi, Kev. How are you? I'm doing great, Scotty. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, glad to have you back on the radio. Kev, we were just talking. Um, our producer, Greg Bergman, has a tattoo on his arm with Vin Scully's signature. Um, do you have any tattoos? Nope. But if I were going to get one, I'd get, I'd get Vin Scully's signature, too. <laughs> that, that, would, that would have to be like uh, getting stripes on your shoulder if you were in the military or a medal or a, something like that. I, uh, uh, the respect that our business has for Vin and what he's meant, uh, not only to Los Angeles and to Major League Baseball, but to our business, to our broadcasting business, is so historic and so grand that I would, I would be honored for him to. He, he could write his name any way he wanted to on any any part of me that he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. We're talking to Kevin Harlan, who is the voice of the NBA on TNT. He's joining me, Scott Kaplan, here on Seven. By, by the way, I say the same thing for Chick and for Ralph. I, I do the same with those two guys too. Uh, they yeah. got. What, what, what wonderful voices that part of the country has heard over the years. Kev, let me talk to you about some, some Lakers just to get started here. Um, first of all, you, you've seen the story of Avery Bradley, who has decided to opt out. You've seen the story, I'm sure now, of Rondo's injury and his expected absence. What do you think? You've seen the Lakers play a bunch this year. What, what do you think about these two guys now being gone for a while? Well, I love them. Uh, I, I just, the team that is, and, I, and LeBron will be as focused, and, and this is... This is kind of a short race. This is like a 100-yard dash, I think, for a lot of guys that have been uh, in the throes of something this competitive. So it's not like you're looking at this long season with game after game and airplanes and hotels and travel and weird hours and everything like that. You're in a sprint. And I think when you're in a sprint, your mindset is just is, you're just wired differently. I think you view things in in such a different way and i think that lebron will use all the things he's learned will instill that sprint mentality and uh... i saw Kawhi today say that that he's going to use these games leading up to the playoffs as a preseason and i understand his philosophy but i think a lot of these guys you know facing a short sprint right here will uh, hit the ground running and try to capture what they can in terms of rhythm and cohesion and chemistry and playmaking and schemes and everything to uh, to get there quickly and then hold on to it for dear life and, and hope that takes them the, the, the whole way. Talking to Kevin Harlan from TNT Sports and their coverage of the NBA. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I'm with you. 
I actually think that because you've had four months now to get yourself healthy and in just bomb shape, and then you get down to the bubble and everything's about concentration. When you're a veteran, when you're an older guy, when you're facing the situation that, you know, that LeBron is facing this year, I, I refer back to Kobe's death. I think you just put everything on the line and you just go as hard as you can go. There's no doubt. And, and the veterans will do that. Uh, there's no reason to pace yourself. It's not, this is such a weird um, restart and such a short sprint for these players with so much to be gained. I mean, you can be an NBA champion using this very small window to do it. And I think for athletes like this that have recuperated, their bodies are now fresh, their minds are now fresh, uh, their focus has got to be sharp. And I think everything is aligning. Guys that were injured are now healthy. Um, schemes and, and style of play that may have been sluggish and not quick to the trigger have been worked on and talked about and film studied. I think teams that were struggling will come back refreshed and ready, and teams that were already playing at a pretty high level like the Lakers will now just say, hey, we've only got this very short course to play. And, and they know what can happen and they will be ready to go. I, there's no doubt. As I do believe the Clippers will be too, by the way. I, I think, uh, they will, you know, George's shoulder is fine, they say. He has said it. He's ready to go full speed. Uh, they're going to watch his minutes certainly to get the thing off the ground. But, but, uh, with Kawhi healthy and having time to rest those, uh, you know, troublesome knees, I mean, this can only mean, I think, some spectacular basketball for all of us that will watch it in person. Watch it on TV. And, and the other thing, Scott, which I think you and I have talked about before, is because there is no home court advantage here, because there aren't screaming fans and, and the various things that can play into uh, a, a series or the end of the regular season, it, it's like this is in a laboratory. It's a pristine um, condition uh, and such a level playing court, level playing field, that we're going to see... Uh, one of the most interesting champions in the history of this sport because of this environment, because of the atmosphere they're going to play in. I completely concur. We're talking to Kevin Harlan. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I'm, I'm sure you're glad I concur, but I, I'm with you. It's, it's a very strange thing to be in the middle of the season, take four months, restart, change the format, uh, change the location, change the environment. I'm fascinated by the entire thing. Kevin, what will happen for me and everybody listening, the, the TV viewer, how will you and TNT broadcast these games? Well, we'll be there. We'll be separated. There'll be, I understand, a plexiglass shield between us, six feet apart plus. Um, but we've got all of our technicians and all of our uh, wonderful TNT know-how down in Orlando setting up right now. The protocol and the attention to detail by the league and the two networks, uh, TNT and, and ESPN, is something like I've never seen before. It, it's comparable to saying that I'm going to go cover an Olympics for a month, and um, the, the, the difference is you really can't come and go. I mean, you're going to be basically tested and quarantined initially and then tested throughout often, and limited on where you can go, and if you leave, you cannot come back in for an extended period. Um, so those kind of um, logistical uh, restraints are something that we've really not faced before. 
But like you said just a minute ago, Scotty, you know, if you're a veteran, you get your focus, you rally your team around the way you're thinking and what this could mean and how this will live for years and decades to come is maybe the most unique finish to any season that pro basketball has had. I think hockey is saying the same thing and probably Major League Baseball. Um, you know, it's just going to contain a lot of different things. I think for the viewer, um, and I don't know many details because it changes daily, I think for the viewer, if you're watching on TV in Southern California, you're going to probably hear crowd noise. Um, basically, the, the, the camera view will be on the floor, and as you know, rarely does it encompass a camera view of a lot of fans. Maybe if you take a look at an end zone or a baseline view or photographers that normally would have been there aren't, or, or you know, I'm not sure how that is all going to come across. But I think after a while, you're just going to kind of get used to it. What is weird in golf, as I've been watching that CBS has been putting on all this incredibly fascinating golf telecast and all the technology involved, is, is that you don't hear the crowd and the murmur and the applause and, and just the, 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 uh, the ambient noise that a big crowd of thousands around a green and lined along the fairway can present. Um, and you really can't pump that into golf. It just, it, for what, it just doesn't seem like that would fit. But we're seeing it in soccer where they're pumping in crowd noise. And to be quite honest, if I didn't know on a Sunday morning while watching these, these games on NBC from, from Europe, I'm hearing a crowd noise. I'm watching a soccer game. I, I go, is this tape delay? Was this like from three years ago when right. they really had a crowd there? I don't know that, that it will be all that different for the viewer. It, it'll, the, the, the floor will look different. Certainly there will be things we'll spot and see and know. But I think overall it's going to be um, – it's going to be pretty much like it always was for the viewer, for the for the players. It's going to be weird, I know. Okay, let me ask you this, Kevin. We're talking to Kevin Harlan from TNT's coverage of the NBA. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Let me ask you this. What about you? Okay, you're in the broadcast booth, be it in an NFL game, you're on the floor at an NBA game, and the players feed off the energy in the building. And frankly, I think as your viewer and listener that you feed off of the players and therefore the energy in the building. How about for you? How about for broadcasters? Well, the crowd, the, the, the feel of a stadium, the feel of an arena is like that great orchestra. And in a big play, you let the orchestra kind of take it to its crescendo. And uh, because if a picture's worth a thousand words, you don't have to say anything. And that element is going to be something that all of us as the broadcasters are going to have to deal with. I mean, is it going to be echoey in that room, uh, in that arena? You know, they're not, and they're not 19,000-seat arenas. These are smaller venues, and, and it's, it's, it's going to have a different feel. I do think, because I've done so much 2K NBA video game stuff, where they will pump, uh, uh, you know, not only live clips that we broadcast that they take segments of and make the, the calls for the video game, but, but they also pump in some crowd noise into our headset to give us more of a feel of, of being at the game when we're watching off monitors when we're recording in these various studios for the video game. So I'm kind of used to it, to be quite honest, and, and I can tell you that, that after a while, you just kind of lose yourself in the game. You lose yourself in the moment of, of broadcasting, and, and while it will be a challenge, like everything else, players, coaches, broadcasters, I think we'll all adapt to a certain way in kind of this 
this very small window of our broadcast lives, of our, of our playing lives. But I really think for the viewer, we're going to see replays, we're going to see graphics. I think you're going to hear ambient noise, you're going to hear players talking, you're going to be, hear things that, that bring you a little bit more inside the game, a little bit more conjecture on the floor and conversation and screaming and everything else. But I do think there's going to be that underlying uh, voice track, that crowd track that will fill in the gaps and give us the feel of it perhaps being in a regular size arena. Oh man, this is uh, it's good to hear you say all of this because I've started watching a little bit of this Korean baseball on ESPN and they pipe in noise. You wouldn't even know that these guys are broadcasting from their apartments in New York City. We're talking to Kevin Harlan on Scott Kaplan 710 ESPN. Last thing. So I hear you saying that you're going down to the bubble and they're taking great precautions. So when do you go in? When will you come out assuming everything's well and healthy? And then when you get out, do you have to go into quarantine? I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. Would I want to go and be part of it? My answer is yes, of course. But I'm wondering what it means in your real life. Well, uh, away from my family, um, you know, all these details are still being worked out and should be ironed out, I think, in terms of schedule and everything else. But the problem, Scott, is that for many of us, uh, we've got NFL obligations, contracts signed, dates in place, in the natural setting of the NFL, and I'm included in that. So this restart of an NBA season is propped artificially on top of the NFL. And so that has caused, you know, some, uh, you know, a little bit of turbulence in terms of trying to figure out how schedules are going to mesh. Once you go in, you can't come and go. And that has been a problem for, for some of us that do the NFL. So, um, it's as if if the NFL season, say, were to stop, and then they were going to just kind of artificially restart it, say, in February, which is TNT's time, and the NBA's natural setting for schedule, the NBA would take precedent. The NBA schedule and that contractual obligation would uh, dictate what games you would do. But this is an artificial NBA season, which is on top of the contractually set NFL season, as it is as of we speak, you know, this time right now. Things could change. So the NFL schedule is, is going to play havoc with some of our broadcasters and what they do and what they can't do. And I'm included in that. But um, it is what it is. I'm just happy that sports are starting again. I don't think the fans will care who's doing the games. I think they're just going to care that there are games. They can cheer, cheer on their Lakers and their Clippers and watch these great players get out there and, and, as I've said before, sprint to the finish line, which I think will bring very competitive basketball and, and uh, some great highlights and the kind of finish we're all looking to have. I just can't wait to hear you scream with no regard for human life. When and then hear the people in the truck, they're going to have to follow you. You know, they're going to have to turn up the crowd noise. I mean, make me feel it. You know, let let me live it. I mean, those yeah, those phrases are going to happen. Be able to hear the players talk. I think there's going to be a lot of noise from the squeaking of the the sneaker on the floor to uh, you know calling out the play to uh, you know a defensive stand where a guy's saying I got your back or I've got the lane or you know constantly telling talking, all the things that we really never hear, I think now we're going to get a chance to hear some of that. But, uh, but I'm, I'm assuming they're going to give us an ambient feel of crowd. And so your sound guys, the audio guys, these very talented technicians that control this, 
the sound of, of games that we hear through our sets, um, they're, they're going to be, their job, their, their performance will be at a premium to follow the action and know when to, to jack it up and, and when maybe to lay out and, and, and that, that's going to be a field thing that will probably take a couple games to get used to. Yeah, it's going to be really, really fun, not just for the players, but if you're like me and you like to observe the broadcast as well, this is going to be the most bizarre, strange, interesting, <laughs> exciting finish to a season that we've ever seen before. Kev, I can't wait to see you guys when you get back on TV and start calling these games. What a pleasure. Thank you very much for being with me. Always fun, Scotty. Take care. Thank you very much. Always fun to visit. Yeah, we'll see you during the season. Kevin Harlan. Giving you the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless. Get the same networks as big carriers, only pay up to 50% less. Get the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for just 45 bucks a month. It's only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Kevin Harlan, my man. Told this story before, but you know, the night that Kevin Harlan called the game between the Rams and the 49ers, it was the first game where the Rams had returned to LA, but the game was in Santa Clara. And that was the game. Remember the game? Aaron Donald ripped off his helmet, threw it. I mean, he had like a Kyle Turley moment. And, um, and so that game, that was the game where the guy went running onto the field and Kevin Harlan's like, somebody stop that man. He's drunk. And when the game was over, we, the broadcast team, got into the car, and I said, Kev, you've gone viral. And he said, what does that mean? And I said, I played it for him on Twitter, the, the whole bit that he did, and he was like, oh, my God, no way. Are we in trouble? Did I do something? Did I embarrass the network? I'm like, dude, this is gold. This is award-winning material right here, and uh, only to find out that he didn't do anything wrong, and people love when he does this kind of stuff. He is the best. Kevin Harlan on Scott Kaplan. So, look. Let's keep it going. I want to talk about Clayton Kershaw a little bit today. A group of Major League Baseball executives, according to The Athletic, say they're kind of not on the Clayton Kershaw train anymore. Like He has already proven he does not have what it takes. I want to get to that story on the way. Don't go anywhere. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. For everybody that's tweeting at me, it's K-A-P-L-A-N. I'm loving it. Keep bringing it. Tag us at ESPN Los Angeles if you're just getting with us. Kevin Harlan was here. Kevin Harlan's going to call these games between the Lakers and the Clippers. He's going to be in the bubble in Orlando. He agrees with me, by the way. Kevin Harlan says, look, it's LeBron's team. It's LeBron's year. It's a short sprint. Put everything you've got into it. It's like this Van Halen song right now, dude. This is one of my favorite Van Halen songs. And just to be clear, just so we're all on the same page, just as we're building community and we all know where one another stands, I'm a Sammy Hagar Van Halen guy more so than a David Lee Roth Van Halen guy. Just want to put that out there for you. I know that can be controversial. Some people might say, I'll never listen to you again. I'm turning it off because I'm more of a David Lee Roth guy than a Sammy Hagar guy. I'm a Sammy Hagar guy. Just want to make that clear. So... Kevin Harlan was just on, and I asked him about what happened earlier today, which is when we found out that our man Bergman here has a tattoo of Vin Scully's autograph. By the way, you've heard the story. He was drunk. He was with a girl. He was showing off. He got Vin Scully's autograph on his arm. I've asked you on Twitter, is it a tribute or is it ridiculous? Most of you think it's a wonderful tribute. I stand corrected. I thought it was ridiculous. But Kevin Harlan very much agreed with Bergman. Here, take a listen if you missed it. Go ahead and play. If 
I were going to get one, <laughs> I'd get I'd get Vince Scully's signature too. <laughs> that that would that would have to be like uh, getting stripes on your shoulder if you were in the military or a medal or a, something like that. I uh, uh, the respect that our business has for Vin and what he's meant. Uh, not only to Los Angeles and to Major League Baseball, but to our business, to our broadcasting business, is so historic and so grand that I would, I would be honored for him to. He, he could write his name any way he wanted to on any any part of me that he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, Kevin Harlan. Vin Scully can write his name anywhere on my body. <laughs> I mean, I get the W for this argument just from Kevin Harlan, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I get it. Like, me personally, I would never get – well, I'm not into tattoos, but the last right. thing I do is get somebody's autograph. But, uh, but hey, listen, you know, you got a lot of Dodger fans out there who really love Vin, and he was an important part of their life, and they think it's a great tribute. And, and maybe, Bergman, maybe just maybe today – you have re-ingratiated yourself into this audience's heart and soul. It's going to take a lot because I get killed daily from other shows, from Sedano, from Mason in Ireland. So it's going to take a lot, but this is like a good step forward. All right. Well, I want to tell everybody that you need to cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless and get the same networks that the big carriers uh, only have to pay up to 50% less. Get the that didn't sound very good. Uh, get the same networks as big carriers, only pay up to fifty percent less. Get the unlimited plan with twenty five gigs of high speed data, then two G for just forty five bucks a month, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Okay, let me let me throw something at you guys here. We had a conversation last week about would you go to a game if you couldn't go in, but you could sit out in the parking lot and. It's happening. I mean, it's kind of a weird phenomenon to me. It happened at Gillette Stadium in New England for uh, an MLS game. I think I saw pictures this past weekend of of LA Galaxy fans. This may have even been this may have been last night. I mean, I don't know what day or time it is right now, but this may have been last night that Galaxy fans were parked outside of their stadium watching games. So I asked you that, and, and a lot of people were like, I would never do that. And Bergman, you were like, of course I want to do that. That sounds like fun. I want to go to Dodger Stadium. I want to sit out in the car, and I want to watch the game. On a video board, I think again, we're Dick. You happen to think awesome. Would you do what the Dodgers are suggesting today, though? Would you buy the cutout and the cardboard of yourself, pay three hundred dollars to have your cardboard cutout out in the outfield, so that maybe when a guy hits a home run, your cardboard cutout of you in the seats that you paid for but can't physically sit in might be seen on TV. Would you do that? I mean, me personally, no, I probably wouldn't, but it is for the entire season, right? It's not just for one game, $300. It's 300 for the whole season. It's my understanding. Yeah. So, I mean, for the whole season, I could see why it's maybe makes a little bit of sense, but no, nah, I don't, I don't need my face in the stands. That's not, that's not for me. Okay. That's not your style, huh? No, no. Your style is more to have Vin autograph your arm. You know, you should have, Absolutely. you should have Vin Scully autograph your arm right next to your tattooed autograph and see how accurate your tattooed autograph really is i mean that's a, that's a really if i ever meet vin scully i'll that will be the first thing i say to him just hey can you just sign right next to it and see how close i am why not All be right. you know why not be like post malone and just get it on your forehead no, seriously no, like, like i mean come on now you're taking it just a little <laughs> bit too far there nothing am from I? the neck up nothing from the neck up that's right, not an okay thing who listening today 
Who today, listening to Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, is going to hit me up with a tweet and tell me, I got the relationship with Vin, I'm going to get Vin on the show this week, and we're going to have this conversation with Vin himself? You're going to get Vin on? I'm saying who? somebody got to get him on. Me, you, Grande Alejandro Padilla, Brawny, some listener out there. Somebody got to get us to Vin. I'm pretty sure he would laugh at me and be like, oh, no, no, you shouldn't do that. He's a very modest man, and right. I don't think he would like it. Well, then, I, but you see, I'm trying to win again. You see, you've got <laughs> right. Kevin Harlan on your side. I want Vin on my side. Look, if Vin says to me, you need to get that lasered off, I'll I'll consider it. But I don't, <laughs> I don't assume that he's going to say that. Now, the man is going to tell him to take his own name <laughs> off of his body. And what he says is, uh, maybe. Uh, really? If he actually, okay. Ronnie, if he actually said to me, you need to get that lasered off, I mean, it's expensive, but I might actually, I might do it. I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough one. It if hurts. Vin tell, if Vin tells you he doesn't like it, you, it must go. Oh, geez. No, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Uh. All right. Well, we'll talk more about it, but let me ask you this. I was reading through this story in the athletic, the headline read NL execs say he wouldn't trust Dodgers' Clayton Kershaw in a Game 7. And here's how the story reads. Clayton Kershaw has been as dominant as any pitcher in baseball over the last decade, but current executives don't have much trust in the Dodgers' starter. A poll of 20 front office personnel yielded only six who called Kershaw an ace. This is according to The Athletic. So here would really be my question for you. And, and listen, they go into all of the playoff failures. Um, if you want me to go year by year, I'll just go backwards from 19 through 18 through 7. I mean, I can just keep going backwards as to where the Dodgers were when Kershaw came in and what happened thereafter. You know the story. You've lived it. And I don't need to pour salt on the wound. But let me ask you this. Would you now still feel confident with Clayton Kershaw? In a game seven, you know, yesterday we had Dave Roberts on the show, the manager of the Dodgers, and he was in his, his office and, and we were joking around because he was saying that the team is going to divide and they're going to play a three game series and they're going to call it like the Dodgers World Series. And he's like, I got my captains. And I said, well, Dave, if you were a captain, if you were playing, who would your first pick be in this draft? And so I assumed he was right away going to say Kershaw. Go back to yesterday, Brawny, and, and play that clip from Dave Roberts. And we're going to do something a little bit fun um, with competitive spirit. We're going to have a kind of a little mini World Series, kind of a Dodger summer camp, blue versus white. There's going to be a draft. Uh, Justin's going to be a captain. is going to be a captain. And it's going to be a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday situation. Um, best two out of three. And that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Who gets the first pick? Or are we flipping a coin? How are we going to know? You know what? I'm letting the players kind of figure it out. So we'll see. I'm going to kind of be a fly on the wall watching the draft, and, and that's about it. If you were a player and you were chosen as one of these two captains, who's your first pick on the Dodgers? My first pick, I, I, I think, would be number 50, plays right go. field. Number 50, plays right field. I thought he was going to definitely say Kershaw. So you got 20 execs, according to The Athletic, that say that Kershaw is really not an ace anymore and they would not want him in a Game 7. So I put this question out for you. 
Would you trust Clayton Kershaw in a Game 7 this year? It's on my Twitter, at Scott Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. Earlier in the week, I talked about what a monster week it was to be broadcasting on 710 ESPN, and I launched my first-ever mobile app through the Apple App Store. For anybody that's listening that has ever lived this life, you know how hard that can be. You go to Apple, you say, what do we have to do? fix this, fix this, you fix it all, then you go back to them again, and they, they change it up, and they go fix this. And then at one point, they told me I was a healthcare app. I said, we're not a healthcare app, so we had to go fight an appeal. So look, I put it out there for you. Would you trust Clayton Kershaw in a Game 7? It's on my Twitter. Click on the link, and then download this new app called Sided, Sided Debates. And so I'm giving a little plug to myself there. What, what do you say? Bergman, I mean, you know, you, you know the playoff failures of Clayton Kershaw. You're reading this story in The Athletic where, where these, these executives who are unnamed uh, say, no, not any longer, and only six thinks he, think he's an ace. Would you trust Kershaw in a Game 7? I mean, he is not the ace of the Dodgers anymore. So if I have to choose somebody to start Game 7 of the World Series, it's going to be um, Walker Bueller. And that's who it, he'll, and I uh, trust that he'll go seven innings. So no, I would is the answer, and I would go Bueller. Okay, all right. Well, I, I am I am gotta say that is a, a very candid answer. I I feel like there's probably a whole bunch of Dodger fans out there that still kind of have this hope and dream and belief that Kershaw will at some point get over the ghosts of the playoffs. But here's one of the most ardent Dodger fans saying, "Not any longer." You agree with these twenty execs? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, but it's he. It, it's pretty much clear now that yeah, Walker Bueller is the ace of the Dodgers, and he is in all the big games. He starts the, the games that matter the most. He started Game Five against uh, against uh, against the Nationals last year, and, and then Kershaw had to come in. So, yeah, don't you hate when that happens? By the way, don't you hate when that happens? Like you just feel like you should always know. Yeah. Who was in the World Series last year? Who was in the Super Bowl last year? If somebody said to me, hey, who was in the Super Bowl last year? Like, I would have to, like, really slow things down for a second and try, okay, wait, Kansas City, yes. Oh, wait, San Francisco. Like, dude, I had to really just seriously think about that right now. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things like, wait, who am I talking about again? But, yeah, anyway, yes, Walker Bueller is the ace, and he is the best pitcher on that staff, period, bar none. All right, there you go. All right, well, listen, I thought it was a really interesting read. I thought that when you, you go back and you look at all the playoff failures and the situations where Kershaw comes in and, and you say, wow, they got Kershaw here, and then all of a sudden, boom, bats explode, runs start scoring. Um, this, this thought, this notion, this, this belief, this desire for a Dodger fan to want to see Kershaw finally come up clutch in the playoffs. But again, according to The Athletic, doesn't seem like there's a lot of confidence around Major League Baseball at this stage of his career. Okay, coming up. Let me find out. I, I, I've made mistakes. I've screwed things up. I have said the wrong stuff. I have been inaccurate. I've spread misinformation at some point, I'm sure. Let's find out. Rip the show apart next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Hey, great column today on the front page of the LA Times Sports section by our very own LZ Granderson. I would not have known about all the pro sports teams in L.A. combining their money, their political influence, their power, uh, their, their following, all coming together to create an alliance to 
you know, really put a lot of energy into fighting what is going on right now in our country, which is this notion of, you know, social injustice and social justice and, you know, police behavior. And it, I mean, all the things that we've been talking about since George Floyd was murdered. Really great column today, LZ. Appreciate that, man. Hey, whether you stop by a locally owned Napa Auto Parts, Napa Auto Care, or visit Napa Auto online, you can help with your ride. You can count on Napa Know How. That was a terrible read. Terrible read. Whether you stop by a locally owned Napa Auto Parts, Napa Auto Care, or visit Napa online, if you need help with your ride, you can count on Napa Know How. Now, I know a lot of people get irritated when I sing jingles that um, that are stuck in my head, but that's one that's just stuck in my head, and I want to be really good when I sing it. You know, I don't want to just go, Napa Know How. I want to really give it to you. Napa Know How. And then I get ripped on Twitter. It's all good. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance and guests on ESPN Radio, like Kevin Harlan earlier today, like Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC earlier today. All of these guests appear here on ESPN Radio via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. By the way, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Go back to the ESPN app. Go into the section where you can find podcasting and go take a listen to some of the great stuff we've been doing. A lot of these really good interviews. So check that stuff out. Okay. Time for Bergman and Brawny to rip apart today's broadcast. I'm going to be very curious to hear this. I feel like I've made a ton of mistakes. I came in real, real hot today. I, I think my mouth was moving faster than my brain. Bergman, what do you got? The one thing that I got for you is just that you have you talked about USC and the Alabama game, and yep. you were talking about how it was going to keep going. And in the break, I was like, "Hey, man, just want to let you know that the, that got canceled a, a few right. days ago." That's right. And you went into the next segment and talked about how there's conflicting reports. That's right. And then you went in and talked to Mike Bone, and you said, "Hey, is this going to happen?" No, 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 no. It got canceled. Yeah. A couple of days ago. Just saying. Yeah. No, no. Let me. Let, but did you notice my 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 effort to persuade? Did you notice that on the like, Notre Dame part? Yeah, for sure. Well, no, no, no. But did you notice? It's like okay. So wait a second. So there could be people driving around or listening on the app or wherever they may be, and they may have known what you knew, which was, hey, wait a second, dude. They've kind of already talked about this game is canceled. But rather than me coming back like, hey, sorry, made a mistake, I just doubled down on it. I'm like, right. I'm not accepting the fact that this thing is canceled till I hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So I, I, I really doubled down on it as if to say, I'm not even sure what you're saying is right. I just wanted to really be persuasive there and then say, we're going to actually get information from the man who can give it to us. So we'll wait until he gives it to us. But I thought Mike Bone was really super candid today when he said, hey, Mike, what's the deal? You think, you know, USC is going to play football this year? He said 50-50. I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, that's yeah, fair. That. That's fair criticism. I'll take that. Yep. I'll take that. Bronny, what do you got for me today, pal? Okay, I've got a couple things. First oh, off, like you said, you did come in hot on today's show. And, mm -hmm. you know, little confusion. You were kind of switching LeBron and Kawhi's names yeah, yeah. with the wrong situation. It's okay. It happens. You no, no, no. Past. It doesn't. No, no. But I want to just say, okay, because now this is me now just having to come out defending myself. You're right. And I even caught myself at one point. I go, did I just say Kawhi true. and Lakers and LeBron? And because I, I, I'm tr I got so much stimulation going on around me. I got a picture of Kawhi on the front page of the paper today. I had ESPN over here on a TV. I finally decided I've got eight television monitors in my studio, and not one of them has a television connected to it. They're all like ad TVs. And I want to use the big TV, and I can't figure out how to connect it. And so I put a little TV, and I, I just was... 
I just had stimulation everywhere. It's fair criticism. I accept it. No, and, and you know, to be fair, you rallied, but then you made an egregious error. Oh, no. How dare you disrespect Diamond Dave? Sammy Hagar is the better lead singer for Van Halen. How dare you? Okay, so let me let me try and let me try and persuade you. David Lee Roth was the lead singer of Van Halen in the early days when Van Halen was becoming Van Halen. David Lee Roth was one of the bad boys of rock and roll, you know, back in the 80s. He's wearing cool pants that are all tight. He's doing karate kicks. David Lee was being arrested, you know, for, for weed in the, in the dressing room after the shows. He was a rock star. He was a rock star. And, he, you know, you'd see him get, you know, handcuffs and he's, and he's in magazines. It's like, oh, he's such a bad boy. I loved David Lee Roth. And when Sammy Hagar took over, I was like, this is a disaster. But what happened ultimately was Sammy's songs and lyrics became a lot more meaningful than Dave's stuff, you know? And... Sammy Hagar is a true all-American rock star who sustained all the way through. David Lee Roth went off the deep end. At one point, he was playing paramedic. He tried to replace Howard Stern. And now, if you go see David Lee Roth, okay, he freaking looks like Barry Manilow. <laughs> I promise you this right now. I'm telling you right now, I saw David Lee Roth in concert. He's singing Panama, and he forgets the lyrics in the middle of the song. And I'm like eight rows deep, and I'm going, come on, Dave. And everybody else is doing the same thing. Like, Dave, for reals? You don't know the words? And Dave looked at the crowd, and he, hey, everybody screw you. He's like, I haven't sung these songs for the last 20 years. What do you expect? I'm like, here's what I expect. The song goes like this. Panama, Panama, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I mean, it's not that hard. So I am more Sammy than Dave. I go to Cabo, and Cabo Wabo is one of my spots. And... um I'm a Cabo Wabo, Sammy Hagar, Van Halen guy. We're going to have to agree to disagree. Can we agree that it's an argument of fun versus substance in regards to the songs? Because, come on, <laughs> David Lee Roth was just, man, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I like those inspirational messages that I get from Sammy on occasion. Not, I can't drive 55. I'm talking like right now. There's no tomorrow. Right now is everything. Catch that magic moment. Do it right here and now. It's like last night. I was watching my man, Steve Harvey. We got a good one for you. I was watching. I must have binge watched two hours of Family Feud last night. I mean, total, utter, absolute waste of time. Other than spending quality time with my 14-year-old daughter, who's my last one, who's even going to give me the time of day. But uh, I was watching my man, Steve Harvey, last night. And, and when, I, when I get those lyrics right now, there's no tomorrow. Right now is everything. You know, I love that sort of inspirational stuff. Sammy Hagar brings that. It's one of the reasons I absolutely love, love my man Steve Harvey. Got a good one for you. I love Steve Harvey. He's got such an inspirational message. You guys ever seen his, uh, you know, he does a lot of talking to the crowd at Family Feud in, in between shows. You guys ever seen his, his bit called The Jump? Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't seen that. You should, everybody should watch this. Seriously, because no matter who you are or where you are in your life, there is, um, there's going to be a moment where you got to decide, you know, I got to either take a risk or I'm never going to get to where I want to go. And Steve Harvey tells this amazing story about being broke and homeless and getting an opportunity in New York and having to figure out how to get from Atlanta to New York and then just says, screw it. I'm going to do it. And he found a way and just kept clawing and clawing. And had he not taken the risk, 
he wouldn't be hosting the family feud. So, I, I mean, I'm just, I, I love stories like that. And for me, Sammy Hagar brings that more than David Lee Roth. Any other criticisms today, Bronny? Um, I'm still waiting on that Hamilton review. You okay. keep denying the people their review of the next uh, legendary musical, according to many. So yeah. we're waiting to hear what you think. I will promise you this. Today is day seven of this 10-day contract. And at some point, I'm going to stop watching Steve Harvey. I'm going to stop wa- binge-watching Family Feud. And I'm going to get deep into Hamilton. That I am going to do. You know, it isn't game day. But you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken, our fan favorite with a new campfire flavor, plus mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Church's, bring in that down-home flavor, offer valid at participating locations. All right, coming up, it is time for crosstalk. That's right. Here comes Mason and Ireland bringing their A-game. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Oh my gosh, Fallout Boy, dude! Yeah, Fallout Boy. Wow. Okay, here I comes I'm the one, I'm the one that stuck that into the uh, system. This just brings back some really weird memories for me. It's this a Steve song. Mason uh, special. Yep. So, uh, so let's see what uh, what corrections do I have about today's show? Um, I actually completely agree with you on Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar was on the bill the very first concert I ever went to see. Uh, he was opening for the band Boston at Centennial Hall in Toledo, Ohio. Always have been a huge Sammy Hagar fan. And by the way, because I come out of uh, music radio, um, guys would work their records. They'd work their own records. And Sammy Hagar was one of those guys who would pick up the phone and call and say, hey, uh, it's Sammy. Are you going to play my new record? Um, and I would always get a call from Sammy when a new record came out, when a new Van Halen record came out. So uh, I agree with you entirely on Sammy Hagar. Where was this? You say you come out of music radio, but I mean, you've been doing sports and news talk from talk shows to Olympic coverage for at least 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. It's about 25 years, 28 years. I was uh, I came up as... Uh, Program director and morning drive host for the Q Morning Zoo in uh, Toledo, Ohio, uh, and that's where I uh, I got my Q Morning wow. Zoo. Do they wow. still have Q Morning Zoos? <laughs> wow. Does somebody oh, yeah. st- every, is somebody still doing a morning zoo somewhere? Every town has one, right? Um, do they still have morning zoos, or have those been you know victimized and ravaged in the new world of corporate radio? I think they still have them. Um. But, I mean, like, right now, isn't Big Boy still in the air in Los Angeles in the morning somewhere? He's not big anymore. He lost all the weight. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of a morning zoo concept, right? And Kevin, uh, yeah, Kevin but, and Bean were kind of a morning zoo. Yeah, but those were more duos than they were morning zoos. Morning zoos had, like, five people going at it, right? That was the morning zoo. I had, <laughs> I had like, five people working on it. Uh, a good example of, they don't call it a morning zoo, but it, it comes across like one, is the Woody Show, which is on uh, 98.7, which is a really good uh, morning show. But they've got, like, five people there just, just mixing it up. So that's, that's that vibe. But uh, I would consider Kevin and Bean a duo. I would consider Mark and Brian a duo. I would consider John and Ken a duo. We're a duo. Uh, uh, what are you, Kaplan? You're just a solo act? I guess. I mean, I was always part of an ensemble myself. Yeah. You know? Uh, oh, although, hey, Scott, I want to ask you about something. You do something that I think Mason would agree with that I would never do. 
Oh, and interesting. Yeah, and here's what uh, I noticed about your show today. I Scott, I follow you on Twitter. You retweet compliments. Oh, which interesting. I, which, which I think that's a very Mason move. It is. Do it I retweet is, compliments? Oh yeah, but do you no? You what you do, Mace, is you promote your brand. You think correct? Promoting your brand is important, Scott. I'm uncomfortable retweeting uh, compliments. I think it makes me look a little schmucky. The but. I understand Mason's point that if you don't promote your own brand, yeah, nobody else will. How long have you been retweeting compliments? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a dead serious question. Okay. Well, first of all, I actually like to like the haters. You know, for me, I don't know about you guys, but like the, the one group that comes at me the hardest are the charger trolls. You guys probably don't have this problem. But the Charger no. trolls... People in L.A. don't even know who the Chargers right. are. Of course. Of yeah. course. Naturally. That's why that, that, that whole Barstool's um, trolling thing that they did yesterday with most popular teams in each state on the map, and they had the Chargers as the most popular team in California. Yeah. That, if like, you want your poll to lose all credibility, do that. There you go. So um, what's funny is I've been saying to people, listen, um, what I want you to do is tweet at me, and then I'm going to retweet you so that my Twitter audience can find out that you've communicated with me and maybe it'll help build yours and then we'll all build together. So that's sort of my sell there, John. Is right. That, you know, is that, yeah. So I kind Steve. of, if you want a retweet, send a compliment to Scott Kaplan. That's the message I just took from that. Yeah, yeah. like tell me things like, like, for example, like say things to me like, you're hot. You know, like. like sure, that's you, a retweet. Right, you are one sexy piece of you know what like if you say that to me that's an automatic retweet automatic you know? retweet total, total like and a retweet both absolutely and wait a second i'll i'll throw you one better you ready how yeah. about how about i'll actually say something in my retweet about your compliment to oh me. nice is that a subtweet that i don't know what you call it i think it's called a i don't know a retweet with a comment i'm not sure quote I like tweet it. all right Scott, using your theory, yes, sir. I have over 125,000 followers. I am going to tweet directly at you right now in the hope that you will retweet me. When you see my tweet, just read it. Okay. I just wanted to say one thing to you right now. I have just gotten a tweet from Steve Mason. Hey, Scott Kaplan, I really like your show. I have um, retweeted and commented about how Excellent. awesome I think Steve Mason is. Thank you. Um, okay. And so I will retweet that. Okay. Scott, did you, <laughs> did you see my tweet? Okay. Scott Kaplan, best show at ESPN LA history. Can't believe you're limited to a 10-day contract. I totally agree. Yep. yep. Totally agree. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back at you with a totally agree, John okay. Ireland. There you go. So, see, so that's the purpose of retweeting compliments. You want to get a compliment train going. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You, create mo you create compliment momentum. There it is. Yeah. I've been told the big CM. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been told, John, that that there's another thing that's very Mason about my game. You want to know what that is? Oh well, no, what, what it is be? it? Okay, when I'm reading something and I stumble, I will fix my mistake and call it out. But simultaneously, 
when I actually do get through an entire read without, you know, stopping and it's crystal clear, I love to tell myself how great I am for just being able to read that without is, screwing up. That is very Mason. I do compliment myself on a good read. Somebody's got to, right? Right. Nailed that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I now, love it. And, you know, Bergman is kind of taking a victory lap, Mason. Did you notice this? That he's, no, all, ex- he's all excited that his uh, his idea of tailgating in the parking lot uh, happened with LAFC fans last night. Or mm-hmm. was it Galaxy? Was yeah, it LAFC was it? fans last Galaxy night? Galaxy fans. No, it was Galaxy fans. It was well, Galaxy why, fans. Wait a minute. That's what we're I the, thought. We're the LAFC station. Why are you bringing attention to the Galaxy fans? It's the idea behind it. It's the fact that that idea is happening at the road. Right, so oh, I... There's no question that this is going to happen. I yeah. mean, this this is an idea whose time has come. Uh, okay, so what? my question is, Bergman, when are you going? When are you going to go spend seven hours in your car to support your own idea? Whenever I can. I get, When they do one, if they do one at Dodger Stadium, I will absolutely be there the well, first the, time. What, what happens if they do another one for the Galaxy at the Rose Bowl? Well, but I we're the LAFC station. If they do one for the LAFC, so you, uh, yeah, call a CM, it's I'll a good go idea it. for other people. No, it's a good it's, idea for your own team. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll for your for own team. I, I totally get that. Like, I do it for the Dodgers. I'm not going to go see a team that I'm not a fan of. By I, the way, that, 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 LAFC, that LAFC game, well, it was would, great the Clip, game. would the Clippers ever have one? Yeah. <laughs> no, there'd be like five <laughs> people there. <laughs> it should be like... I, I can't. No, I'll get in trouble. As, yeah, the LAFC as game. You know, John, you were I'll get say, in trouble. The LAFC, the LAFC game, game was, was a really good game. Well, unbelievable. Yeah. Like when we Mace, when we left the air, that looked like a loss for yeah, sure. Yeah, we were down three one at that point. And and at a game that was tied one one. And did you? I didn't know that about video review. Did you know that Kaplan? That in in uh, indoor, uh, not indoor soccer, but um, but soccer, they can take a goal that was disallowed. So, for example, the, you score, but we called offside. We go back and start playing, and five minutes later, they can go back and review it and say, whoops, we screwed it up. It is a goal. No way. Yeah, it happened last night. Houston now- scored a goal. The referee said, no goal. You were offside. They kept playing, and the next time there was a stoppage in play, they beeped the, or buzzed the referee and said, go look at the video. You messed that up. Yep. And he went in, looked at it. He goes, you're right. They weren't offside. Put the goal back on the board. Wow. Why don't they do what the NFL does where all scoring plays are reviewed? Which would make total sense and would be much cleaner than what we saw last night. Uh, my, my thought on that is that they probably don't want to stop the game every time the ball goes in the net. But I don't think it goes in the net that much. I would do it the way you're trying to do it. By the way, when you're down two goals and you come back and you tie that game, that's a huge win because a two-goal deficit is usually like emotionally draining. Like, well, that's the end of that game. You know, one nothing, two one. You can always score and tie, but when you're down two goals, I mean, that's that's usually you know that that's when somebody's toast. That's a pretty big comeback. That uh, Diego that. Diego uh, Rossi goal was fantastic. Um, that that had little margin for error. That's the one that made it three two. And then I think Rodriguez scored the uh, the equalizer. It was a really fun game to watch. It was a fun. Have you game. guys, Steve? Have you always been a soccer fan prior to nope. LAFC, or did you jump I, on board? I have not. I jumped on board. Uh, the LAFC uh, has been really really smart about uh, marketing and reaching out to fans. And the new stadium 
is fantastic. Yeah, uh, awesome. The uh, Bank of California Stadium is great. Went there to see a, con- a concert. I was the honorary Falconer for uh, Pride Month last uh, last year. So the uh, they they launched this falcon into the air, an actual bird, uh, before games, and it flies around and flies around before attacking a target with the other team's uh, a logo on it. Uh, and I got to be the Falconer. I I just had a great time, and they, it is it is just a really cool LA experience to go to an LAFC game. How how were they? And I know there were a lot of celebrities that are either, from what I understand, maybe the minority partners, yeah, um, or at least ambassadors. Yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell and Nomar Garcia-Para and Mia Hamm, and they got a bunch of people. Uh, I think, who else, John? Tony Tony Robbins. There's a bunch of uh, Peter Mad- Magic. Love Tony Robbins, by the way. Yeah, I, I do. Back, back in the day, I went through his tapes. Did you guys mm-hmm. all do his tapes when you were I younger? Audio cassettes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, got him. Get I him. Yeah, Juan yeah. Did his, Juan did all of his tapes. I, I never thought I needed more motivation. I always thought I, I was, like, up to here in motivation, and the last <laughs> thing I needed was more motivation. Yeah. You wanted to be I, less just motivated? Just stop, mo- stop motivating me. <laughs> I'm already doing too much. Quit I motivating need, me. I need the anti-Anthony Robbins. I need somebody to take me down a notch. Oh, I found something to take me down a notch. Yeah, what was that? If you that? know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, all right so, you guys. You guys want to take over? You ready to roll? Yeah, we uh, we're going to talk to a guy in the bubble here in about fifteen minutes. Wait, more and more people testing positive down there. Mike, poor Michael Beasley, the former Laker. Yeah, just, just tested got there. positive. Yeah, just got there, and he's already going home. Oh, uh, so, Scott, uh, most people think, including Mason and I, that that the bubble, the NBA bubble, is going to start on time. Do you think it'll finish on time? That's that's everything because you know I just. We had just had Kevin Harlan Harlan on a few minutes ago. The best, by the, the way. The, the TNT uh. broadcasters. I don't because I remember John, you saying that the local broadcasters will not go to the bubble. He's talking about the network broadcasters, and can you imagine him and like a Reggie Miller having a glass partition between the two of them, and then covering the court, and and so he's actually going into the bubble, but doesn't really know when he can leave the bubble to go get to NFL stuff. And I'm thinking to myself. How can now, because we've all talked about how confined the players are, and, and we've already seen players break the seal, but wait, we're going to start bringing in all these broadcasters and all these other people. I don't that know. surprises me because no local broadcasters are going in. I, I, I was told the TNT guys were doing the games from Atlanta. Not true, though. Kevin's going in there? That's what he said. Wow. Okay. That's, that's an update. So that's just it. So your question is, will they finish? My hope is, of course, that they will. My cynical side says it, it can't happen in the state of Florida with the, you know, the, the cases rising. And you said just a minute ago, I didn't know this. Did you say that somebody, somebody actually got there and, and had to leave? Well, yeah, Michael, yeah, Michael, Michael Beasley. Beasley and other, other people like Rashawn, not Rashawn Holmes, who uh, Harrison Barnes tested positive for COVID, too. So I don't know if, if Harrison. But was he went. inside or was I don't he not know. inside? I don't think, I, he's, I don't yeah. think he was there. I, I don't know, but um, Beasley but, was inside. Yeah, anybody who who has uh, I read an article today that said anybody who's tested positive, most of those guys are immediately getting out of the bubble and quarantining somewhere else. So we'll see, uh, you know, how they handle this stuff. Their numbers are still very low, very low, very yeah. low. Yeah, I, I still. Um, say I, that by the way, my job chance. here is to say it's going to start and it's going to finish. I'm a believer <laughs> in the bubble. <laughs> are you being ultra minute. positive? I or, am being ultra positive. You're not being you a go. COVID denier, are you? Now, there's a difference between being positive and being a COVID denier. How what can you it? be a COVID denier? No, what is the difference? 
What is the difference? Yeah, you say that it, you say that it will 100% finish on time? Yes, I say it's going to finish. I'm being optimistic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm the opposite of a COVID denier. I'm the one that hasn't left the house. Right. I'm, but I, I'm but a, I am is anybody com- who anybody making that prediction, I would argue, as Scott pointed out, is not paying attention to the numbers in Florida. Or is just being optimistic. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's get it going. You guys are fired up. Here we go. Thanks to the entire crew. We are back tomorrow. Finish day seven. Let's get on to day eight of the 10-day deal. Here comes Mason in Ireland. For everybody here at Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, peace.